Thank you, Alice and Chains, for that warm intro into this week's show. This is Neil Parks. I'm your host for Paranormally Speaking. This week, I'm going to be covering one of the most absurd, outrageous, and thought-provoking theories in a very long time. This is the Hollow Earth Theory, the theory of Agartha, the city within the center of the Earth. Uh, city being the, the capital of all of the Hollow Earth, I believe. No, I don't mean Middle Earth from Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, although there are some similarities between the whole concept of Middle Earth and what is said to be the Hollow Earth, which, like I stated, is a, it is a strong pseudoscientific theory that many people subscribe to I, for one, have researched it and read about it for years and put it on the back burner, not really giving it much thought. It's a really cool idea, and it's great for sci-fi literature and movies. For example, Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth. Um, Even most recently, Kong vs. Godzilla, where they continue to dive into the whole uh, hollow earth theory, uh, where there's an ecosystem within the center of our own planet and the core itself is not really magma or or molten iron it's actually it's an own ecosystem within the center of our planet and the warmth that comes from within the center is from i guess a sun that exists within our own planet now for an actual sun to exist within our own planet and for us to receive gravitational pull from the moon as well as UV and pressure from the sun that is outside of our world, that's within our galaxy, those two suns that close in proximity to one another would completely crush us between positive and negative polarity and gravity, uh, gravity gravitationally speaking. Now... That that's as far as I can get with even a remote possibility of an ecosystem existing within our own planet. There's no way a sun exists within our planet um, warming and allowing the inhabitants of hollow earth to exist and thrive. But I will be diving into stories from people who have been to hollow earth or claim to have been and the scientific plausibility of a subterranean ecosystem. It was revealed about five to six years ago that the largest cave in the world was discovered in Vietnam, the jungles of Vietnam. It was originally discovered in 1991 by a local farmer who was seeking shelter during a monsoon type storm. And he ends up finding this small cave and it leads into an even bigger mouth of an even larger cave that you can fit skyscrapers into it's an enormous cave and it has its own ecosystem now it was brought to the public eye about five or six years ago when a team of scientists went into this cave and decided to take samples to explore the depths of this cave and They are still trying to map this cave. It is enormous. It is in excess of 10 miles with length 
name it, um, from floor to ceiling. It's got the largest stalactites known to man. And it appears to have its own lighting system and its own rainforest on the inside of it. And it actually rains inside of there. And something in the center of this cave warms it and dries it out. And they have found a source of some sort of energy or light the deeper you go into this cave. But the deeper you go, the the more strenuous the pressure becomes. And people tend to get lightheaded. They become short of breath. They get nosebleeds because the pressure is so intense. So it's almost as if they are going to the depths of the ocean without proper equipment, thus causing that adverse reaction. But I'll jump into more of that later as I share and read more to you about the pseudoscientific theory of the hollow earth. I'm Neil Parks. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Hollow Earth Theory is the subterranean civilization of Agartha real? Is there evidence of civilization or atmosphere capable of harboring life deep beneath the Earth's surface? While a lot of the information that we receive from NASA and environmental agencies may be accurate, there is still much to be discovered about our own planet. And no, this isn't advocating the flat Earth conspiracy, but instead aims to examine the hollow earth theory. Is it just as crazy, or is there evidence that a mythical civilization called Agartha exists deep inside our planet? And are the accounts of a hollow earth expedition conducted by the military true? The hollow earth theory, until more recent times, many people were convinced that our planet was a hollow shell with a civilization of earthly ancients residing underground. The French novelist Jules Verne, known for his series Voyages Extraordinaries, wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth around the time that the belief in subterranean cultures peaked. Before Verne, the hollow earth concept was originally proposed in the 17th century by Edmund Halley, discoverer of the eponymous short orbit orbit comet that swings past Earth every 75 years, Halley's Comet. Halley believed the Earth consisted of several uh, concentric shells separated by individual atmospheres with the outermost layer having a thickness of about 500 miles. Halley believed natural phenomena like the Aurora Borealis and magnetic field variances were products of these multiple layers which he said moved independently of each other. More than a century later, Halley's theory was expounded on by John Cleves Symes, who published a paper detailing his intent to travel to the Earth's interior. Sims devoted the rest of his life garnering support for a hollow Earth expedition, but fell sick during a trip to Quebec to give a lecture on his theory. Though he died before his journey ever came to fruition, his ambition 
inspired Arctic explorations and the first trip to Antarctica in 1838. This brings us to the story of Admiral Byrd and the Hollow Earth Expedition. Fast forward another century between the time of the Great Depression and World War II as Admiral Richard E. Byrd of the U.S. Navy pioneered further exploration of the Poles and after a multitude of trips to the Arctic territories, there is one Byrd narrative that sticks out more than the rest, his record-setting flight over the North Pole. According to an alleged diary entry written during the polar flight, Byrd came across a warm, lush climate with mammoth-like creatures and an ancient human race that had been residing within the Earth. His plane was commandeered midair and landed for him by people in the center of the Earth who intercepted his plane with saucer-shaped aircrafts. Upon landing, he was met by emissaries of a civilization many assumed to be the mythical Argartha. The alleged Argarthians expressed their concern about humanity's use of the atomic bombs during World War II and employed Byrd as their ambassador to return to the U.S. government and relay their concerns. The striking issue regarding the validity of this diary entry is that it is dated February 1947. If it is to be believed this story covers Byrd's inaugural flight over the North Pole, then one need only look at the actual date when he achieved the feat more than 20 years earlier, on May 9, 1926. In fact, upon further inspection, it appears Byrd probably didn't quite reach the North Pole and instead fabricated his navigation records, poaching credit from another team that actually set the record a few days later. But what makes this entry so intriguing is that if it is real, could it have potentially been misconstrued from a later mission to Antarctica? Is it actually referring to the notorious Operation High Jump? High Jump was one of the largest operations ever conducted in Antarctica, with over 4,000 men sent to study, map, and reside in the continent for eight months. The expedition included 13 Navy support ships, an aircraft carrier, helicopters, flying boats, and an array of more traditional aircraft. The expedition, as well as the subsequent operation, Deep Freeze, eight years later, established an American military presence in Antarctica, which is prohibited today. So why exactly was there such a rush to facilitate this occupation? Byrd later told a reporter from the Chilean newspaper El Mercurio that his expedition taught him the U.S. should prepare for the possibility of hostile planes coming from the polar regions as part of a recapitulation of its own polar experience. Many took this to be evidence of the flying craft he saw coming from what is believed to have been Agartha. Now, were the Nazis at the center of the Earth? That is another thing that Admiral Byrd brought to life. Other speculation regarding Byrd's supposed search for Agartha notes a Nazi presence in the Arctic territory, both north and south. It is well documented that Nazis explored Antarctica and the other Arctic regions to set up bases and test novel weaponry. But it is also well documented that Hitler and the Nazis were obsessed with 
the occult and estereoism. The rabbit hole goes deep here with some going as far to post and to uh, put Hitler that could have escaped to the underground world, though that might be counterintuitive if an ancient enlightened society residing down there. Nazi maps believed to be the instructions for reaching Agartha have supposedly been corroborated by a letter from a German U-boat navigator named Karl Unger, who claims U-209 made it to Agartha and that the earth is in fact hollow. The letter also mentions the notorious German gens, Karl Hassafar and Rudolf Hess, who he says were correct about the hollow earth theory. There is ample evidence the Nazis spent a lot of resources searching for Agartha as a last resort for Hitler to escape in case of a dire emergency, somewhat warranting these conspiracies. In fact, the most common diagram of Agartha was drawn by a German scientist in 1935. Evidence also exists to indicate that the Nazis may have believed we already lived in the inside of the earth. Some experts of the Third Reich show a belief the earth was concave and that we reside on the interior of a sphere. In a bizarre 1942 experiment conducted by Nazi scientist Heinz Fischer on the island of Rugen, a team attempted to observe a British fleet by pointing the lens of their infrared equipment up to a 45-degree angle. They believed that though the Earth was concave, normal rays were refracted off the ocean, but infrared rays were not. Of course, they saw only the sky, but this shows that they believed and searched for evidence of an alternative Earth theory. Agartha is a proof of an ancient culture. Almost every ancient culture has a story or illusion of the inner realms of Earth, as well as civilizations or people in the center of the Earth. Many of these are places of purgatory, where dead spirits reside, rather than a society currently flourishing. The Greeks spoke of Hades. The Christians refer to it as hell, and in Judaism it is referred to as Sheol. But most of these underground domains were more allegorical and religious and used to deter people from sinning rather than realms actively being sought out. There are, however, closer depictions of Agartha described by some cultures with related cities and passageways to get there. In Tibetan Buddhism, there is a secret mystical city of Shambhala located somewhere deep in the Himalayas that many have searched for, including Russian mystic Nicholas Rorik. Though no one known is to have found it, some believe Shambhala could potentially be connected to Agartha. In Hindu and Celtic lore, which some believe shared an ancient connection through a lost city, there are caves and underground entrances to sub-terrestrial worlds. Some have connected the Hindu land of Aryavarta, or abode of the excellent ones, a land ruled by a supernatural race thousands of years before the Great War laid out in the Mabaharabata. Many believe this ancient race to be the same lineage as the ancient civilizations from Atlantis, Lemira, and Mu that were 
wiped out by a war and a cataclysmic event, driving them underground to Agartha. There is another underworld in the Hindi Mabaharabata known as Patala that others point to and shares many similarities with depictions of a subterranean world, though it is said they are at war with the Agarthians. Palata is the seventh layer of the underworld in Hindi scripture and is ruled by Nagas, a half-human, half-reptilian species who are depicted with jeweled hoods and light their realm. The Naga are a highly advanced race with cutting-edge technology. Occasionally, they are said to abduct, torture, and kill humans, though other accounts refer to them as having a positive impact on earthly events. Will we ever find out if there exists an underground civilization below the surface of the Earth? There have been attempts to drill down as far as possible to see what is there. And the Kola super deep borehole made it about seven miles. The Russian team that led that operation didn't find Agartha, though it would likely be much further down. What they did find showed me showed we really don't know exactly what's down there. Many of our theories are proven wrong, and we learn a lot more about the Earth's crust. For one, there was a layer of basalt known as the Conrad disconnectivity, completely missing while the presence of water was detected where it shouldn't have been. This goes to show we really don't know what's down there. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Another astounding tale that has come out of the woodwork from the hollow earth theory, the concept of the world of Agartha within the center of the earth, is the story of the green children of Woolpit. The title of this story may sound immediately implausible to the cynics amongst you, but surprisingly, this one tale of folklore, which is probably founded on some basis of truth. The legend of the green children of Woolpit starts during the reign of King Stephen and a rather tumultuous time in England's history called the Anarchy in the mid-12th century. Woolpit, or in Old English, Wolfpit, is an ancient village in Suffolk, named after, as one might gather from its name, an old pit for catching wolves. Next to this wolf pit is around 
um, and around 1150, a group of villagers came across two young children with green skin, apparently speaking gibberish and acting nervously. According to the contemporary writings at the time by Ralph of Coggeshall, the children were subsequently taken to the nearby home of Sir Richard de Calne, where he offered them food, but they repeatedly refused to eat. This continued for some days until the children came across some green beans in Richard de Calne's garden, which they ate straight out of the ground. It is thought that the children lived with Richard de Calne for some years, where he was able to slowly convert them over to normal food. According to the writings of the day, the change in diet led to the children losing their green complexion. The children also slowly learned to speak English, and once fluent, they were asked where they had come from and why their skin was once green. They replied by saying, We are inhabitants of the land of St. Martin, who is regarded with peculiar veneration in the country which gave us birth. We are ignorant of how we arrived here. We only remember this, that on a certain day when we were feeding our father's flocks in the fields, we heard a great sound and the ground began to shake, such as we are now accustomed to hear at St. Edmund's. When the bells are chiming and whilst listening to the sound and admiration, we became on a sudden, as it were, entranced and found ourselves among you in the fields where you were reaping. The sun does not rise upon our countrymen. Our land is little cheered by its beams. We are contended with that twilight which amongst you precedes the sunrise or follows the sunset. Moreover, a certain luminous country is seen, not far distant from ours, and divided from it by a very considerable river. Shortly after this revelation, Richard de Calne took the children to be baptized in a local church. However, the boy soon died afterwards through an unknown illness. The girl, later known as Agnes, continued to work for Richard de Calne for many years before marrying the Archdeacon of Eli, Richard Bear. According to one report, the pair had at least one child and Agnes went on to live a normal life and died of old age. So who were these green children of Woolpit? The most likely explanation for the green children of Woolpit is that they were the descendants of Flemish immigrants who had been persecuted and possibly killed by King Stephen or perhaps King Henry II. Lost and confused and without their parents, the children could have ended up in a Woolpit speaking only their native tongue of Flemish perhaps explaining how the villagers thought that they were speaking gibberish. Furthermore, the green tint to the children's skin could have been explained by malnutrition, or more specifically, green sickness. Malnourishment could have caused this. This theory is supported by the fact that their skin reverted to a normal color once Richard de Calme had converted them over to eating real food. Personally, I like to side with the more romantic theory that these children arrive from an underground world where the native inhabitants are all green. What do you think about this? Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. I just recently finished the follow-up to Godzilla King of All Monsters, which was a sequel to Kong Skull Island, which was a spinoff from Godzilla that was released a few years back. And what's awesome about this film, I mean, really, the only thing awesome about it is Kong fighting Godzilla. Um, Godzilla versus Kong has the hollow earth theory, and they explain it fairly well in the film. And this is everything you need to know about the monster versus version of the hollow earth. Now, this is the biggest monster smackdown in all of movie history. It was released last week. Godzilla vs. Kong hit the screens. And a pay-per-view on HBO Max. It's a MonsterVerse sequel. And expanding on the notion of the Hollow Earth, the fringe scientific theory has played a part in the previous MonsterVerse flicks as an explainer for how Godzilla travels across the planet. But in this new film... We might, uh, we actually get to a deeper insight into the hollow earth shaped, how it shaped the creation of the Titans and why they ended up surfacing on our world instead of continuing to live beneath it. If you're scratching your head and asking what the hollow earth is, then I'm here to answer all the, the burning questions for you, as well as explaining how it's connected to the monster verse itself. Now, for starters, what is the hollow earth? Well, What is the hollow earth? The answer is in the name. The hollow earth theory uh, posits just that. The earth is entirely hollow, and in most versions of the legend, there are people or creatures living within it. This can vary depending on the theory or story, but hollow earth tales generally feature an entire subterranean culture and community miles underneath the surface of our home planet. And it's not just fictional, though. There are people who claim our true Earth is hollow as well. Some of those proponents even claim that there is a secondary sun within our planet, fueling those who live within the hollow Earth. While it might seem utterly wild, it has a theory at times been supported by famed scientists like Edmund Halley, Halley's Comet, who potentially came up with the idea while also becoming a staple of science fiction storytelling, as well as a popular conspiracy theory. Uh, I'm sure it's commonly used by flat earthers and those who wear tinfoil helmets, unfortunately. How does the hollow earth play into the current monsterverse? And, well, the theory was first introduced to the monsterverse in the movie Kong Skull Island. Scientist uh, Houston Brooks, which was played by Corey Hawkins, is a believer in the theory and writes a paper claiming that it is scientifically accurate rather than a fringe belief that has long been disproven. It's this paper that sees him recruited to Monarch. His paper turns out to be true and Skull Island is revealed to be almost entirely hollow. This makes it a direct link to the hollow earth, as that's where the subterranean tunnels lead. And surprising, no one 
Not the creatures that live there, the skull crawlers, are utterly terrifying, but in worse news, for the world, Houston and Bill Aranda, John Goodman, believe there were many, many more of these hollow earth entryways across the world that they had yet to be discovered. That was proven to be true during Godzilla King of Monsters, which came out before Kong vs. Godzilla. While much of the story focused on the many titans doing battle, we learned a little more about the Hollow Earth and how it works in the MonsterVerse. Not only was it confirmed that Godzilla was using subterranean tunnels to swim across the globe, but we also got a glimpse of what seemed to be a now decimated Hollow Earth community. While Godzilla is healing, we see an Atlantis-inspired landscape that hints that at one time, humanoid creatures lived in the Hollow Earth alongside the massive titans who were potentially born and definitely worshipped by the extinct culture. The film also featured skull crawlers leaving their subterranean nests on Skull Island when they were called by the Titan Jidora, which confirmed the Titans can communicate with each other using the Hollow Earth network, hinting at bigger threats to come for humanity in the future. What does it mean for Godzilla vs. Kong? Well, from the trailers, interviews with the filmmakers, and me after watching the current film, it looks like Godzilla vs. Kong will be expanding on this lore. There are multiple moments, I swear I won't do any spoilers here for you, we've seen so far that hint at an origin story for Kong that's centered around the Hollow Earth. How do we know that? Well, whenever we see young Kong, he seems to be in a jungle. But instead of sky, there's nothing but craggy rock hinting that he is in fact inside the hollow earth answering the question of where the titans come from has long been at the heart of the monsterverse and the hollow earth which would offer up an easy answer if the creatures originated from there then you can ask why they left could it be there's a greater threat living under the crust of our earth a mega titan that drove even kong and godzilla from their homes Uh, We'll have to check out the Monster Mash movie, which is now out in theaters and on HBO Max. What an extremely wild episode this has been. The Hollow Earth. Access points ranging from India, Tibet, the North and South Poles, Mammoth Caves in New New York, in Kentucky, various other entryways allegedly lead to the inner earth and it's supposed to be full of vegetation uh perfect temperature climate its own rainforest its own thousand foot trees uh the mammoth cave that was discovered in vietnam could be an access point once researchers describe more in detail or their government in vietnam allows them to released to the public what really is inside of this giant cave and things like stories of the Nazis hiding in the inner earth or old gods such as King Kong and Godzilla type creatures titans mighty giants living in the inner earth and the truth is stranger than fiction and a lot of this ties into science fiction or science fiction has used actual ancient tales that have been passed down for centuries from actual eyewitnesses of 
the inner earth, the hollow earth, Agartha, whatever you prefer to call it, Shangri-La, Shabala, Paradise, the Garden of Eden, it's hard to tell exactly what it is, what it could be, or if it truly exists. It was all a lot of fun to share this with you and to learn a little bit more myself within my research. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Join me next week for more weird tales and things that will make you scratch your head and wonder what the hell. A lot of this on our own planet and our own solar system and our own oceans. So many things yet to discover. We would be naive and arrogant to think that we truly have it all figured out in the 21st century. Because honestly, we do not. Have a great weekend. This is Neil Parks, signing off. Let's go, let's